Hello and welcome to the Sleep Like a Baby podcast. I'm your host Hannah and I'm an infant holistic sleep consultant as well as a mum living and working in South East London. You might have come here via my Instagram account which is at littlenestsleep or just stumbled across me by happy accident. Either way, a very warm welcome. A little about me, I am on a mission to make parents feel better about how their little ones sleep. There is too much blame, shame and stress out there about sleep and nighttime parenting. So if you don't want to cry it out, but you're not sure if the wait it out approach is quite right for you either, I'm here to say welcome to the middle ground. This is where normal sleep is normalised. And if you're listening to this on the day of release, thank you. (laughs) And also, Happy New Year. This is the first podcast of 2022. And I've just taken a couple of weeks off work for the first time in a really long time. (laughs) So I'm coming back feeling sort of refreshed or as refreshed as any parent possibly can do after a couple of weeks without childcare. Um, But I'm really excited about the year ahead and all the projects I've got up my sleeve. And who better to kick off the new year with than Kerry Secker of Care It Out. I get rather fangirly in this episode, sorry, Um, but that's because I just absolutely adore Kerry and she was the person who made me feel like it was actually okay to respond to my baby and soothe him when he needed me when I was a new mum. And as I go into this with Kerry, at the time I was adrift in this sea of so-called experts online telling me that I had to teach my baby sleep skills or how they they needed to self-soothe when actually my gut was saying I should respond. And I stumbled across Kerry on Instagram um, a few years ago and at the time she just was honestly just such a breath of fresh air. And she still is, of course, um, because now, even though it's just a few years later, there are so many more of us talking about um, attachment focused sleep support and how we can be the parents we want to be whilst also figure out how to improve and optimise sleep. Um, You know, and, and there are more of us saying now that you don't have to just cry it out or wait it out. What Kerry has been saying for a long time now is that actually we can care it out. And Kerry has a brilliant podcast herself, by the way. She's had nearly 50 episodes now on the Care It Out sleep show. So that's definitely worth a listen to um, because Kerry has over 20 years experience working with families and she has supported thousands of sleep deprived parents all across the globe as a sleep consultant. And she still works with people one to one. But she also has some fantastic e-courses, um, which you can find on her website and I'll link to those in the show in the show notes. Um, and her approach is all about more settled nights and sleep without sleep training. So Kerry is absolutely a trailblazer. She's a rebel and a straight shooter. In fact, aside from being aligned on our views on sleep and parenting, it was Kerry's honesty that made me really want her as a guest on the, the podcast. And this interview really did not disappoint. At one point, I had to remind myself that we weren't in a therapy session because we both got very candid um, about our own childhoods and our self-esteem and our feelings about 
well lots and lots of subjects as you'll hear um and actually I think this made me a little bit nervous to release this episode too because it's pretty weird I have to say to be so publicly vulnerable and it's still something I'm kind of getting used to but I think these are important conversations to have um because Kerry and I came to dig a little deeper into what crying means for little ones and that's a conversation I am really really interested in having more and more because although neither Kerry or I use cry it out or even any kind of controlled crying I think it's still really important even in the gentle sleep world and I use the word gentle with kind of you know, quote marks around it, because that's another thing we talked about was what does gentle really mean? Um, but even in this world where we're not kind of training babies to sleep, I think we still need to keep talking about what tears mean, because even though I am a fierce advocate for responsiveness and r- respectful parenting, that doesn't mean necessarily that we can or should stop all tears or upset from our children but this is a really difficult conversation to have because there is a huge difference between leaving a child to cry alone and with staying with them to co-regulate those big feelings and emotions and you know there are also lots of different reasons why a child might be crying in the first place so it might not even be because you're making a change to sleep God, it's so complex. So I'm really grateful that Kerry and I got to have this chat and unpick that myth a little of the good baby here. You know, the baby who's always smiling and happy, that never cries. That baby who is just compliant from day one, sleeps when they're tired and slots into your life like a dream. Because not only is that ideal totally unrealistic, but I think it's pretty damn toxic for parents too. So if you're feeling today like you're not a good enough parent, maybe you're blaming yourself for a certain parenting challenge. Maybe that's to do with sleep or feeding or something else. Maybe you're comparing yourself to others quite a bit at the moment. And, you know, I've, God, I've totally been there. (laughs) So... I just wanted to say that I really hope you find this episode with Kerry Secker as reassuring and enjoyable as I did because Kerry's approach is just so non-judgmental, realistic and um, she's just so honest and direct about so much stuff. So, you know, Kerry and I are different people. We have slightly different... um, maybe ideas or, or or kind of strategies around sleep and I think that's okay as well you know I'm not saying it's my way or the highway but um, you know she has such compassion and love for families um, and I'm just so grateful that she could give me an hour of her time and that we could make this chat work. The Sleep Like a Baby podcast is supported by The Octopus Club, the online marketplace where you can buy, sell and give away baby and kid stuff without any hassle. If your home is piling up with toys, clothes and bits of kit that your little one no longer uses, 
the Octopus Club offers an easy, environmentally friendly way of selling or donating things to other families. And if you're on the hunt for high quality secondhand goods, this is the place for you. Honestly, the stuff on there is gorgeous. Check them out on Instagram or go straight to their website, theoctopusclub.com, to sign up today. My name is Kerry Secker. I'm an infant sleep consultant and founder of Care It Out. And I have been working with families for over 23 years now. I can hardly believe that. <laughs> and Care It Out was... It wasn't a concept that I'd had for years. It almost came around by accident. I was a nanny for 20 years and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I've worked with families since I was 19. I graduated, went to nanny school, graduated at 19, and then I went straight out um, on the job, so to speak, with, I had three children under five at Whoa. 19. But when I look back, Hannah, it was a little bit bonkers. <laughs> I think I had a baby, a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, it's just crazy, but I absolutely loved it mm. and just really had such a lovely time working as a nanny. I worked all across the globe, worked with lots of different families and just I honestly had such a good time. And then when I moved back to London, um, I don't know, I've always had a really good instinct. My gut's always been good. And I knew that that was going to be my last family, but I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm. And going back to my nanny days, I was trained, yeah, 22 years ago now. It's a lot. And it was very much, you're the boss, they're manipulating you, mm. you, you as the nanny are in charge. And in theory, it sounded amazing. I still remember very vividly the day the lady came. Her name was Jemima at British Nannies. And she came into college to have a chat, like loads of people did, to have a chat about what you could do afterwards with your qualification. And the first time I heard it, I was like, this sounds so glamorous. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and it isn't glamorous. You get on the job and <laughs> looking after children, as you know, <laughs> it's amazing. But it is not glamorous a at all. fluids. Yeah. Oh, don't. <laughs> a lot of body fluids and not glamorous and in theory it sounded amazing I literally couldn't wait to get out and do my job and put everything that I've learned in practice in theory into practice however the practice side of it is they're often at odds with each other aren't they the theory can sound amazing when you're not putting it into practice but when it came to doing it I just couldn't leave these children to cry in 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 my care it just didn't feel right I was crying I felt sick I hated it so much to the point where I thought you know what I'm gonna have to give up nannying because I just can't do it I'd be outside the bedroom like sobbing because they were upset it just didn't make in practice it just didn't make any sense to me the children in my care babies in my care and the children in my care needed me and I'm just like nope I'm the boss you're manipulating me so it took me a long time to realise, because you've got to remember, 20 odd years ago, there was no such thing as the internet. Yeah. That is how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't Instagram. There wasn't there wasn't Facebook. Can you remember a world without it's those? Wild. And also, you, it, know, you were at the start of a relationship with those children as well. So to like come in and be like, lay down the law, you know, that must well, have been... It was weird. Yeah. You trust your training. You train mm. in good faith. And I learned, I still learn a lot. And I've retrained several times since then with different people. And you still learn a lot it just didn't make sense so it was a very very gradual thing I very very slowly started to kind of turn my back on my training or I just refused to leave them to cry I would stay with them 
I was gonna say so going back to that world pre-social media pre-internet where and you had your training were there any books or anything that you had as sort of bibles as well or was it mostly from like the studying that you'd done it's mostly from very stuffy lecturers mm. Mm. I don't to be honest I don't really remember it was a it was a long time ago um they had their materials that they would share yeah I mean Gina Ford came up a lot yes yeah but you just started to go rogue yeah I did I love that phrase <laughs> just go rogue so I followed my instincts yeah. I spoke to the parents because I've even as a nanny I was very very aware that um the professionals were trained mm. obviously um but never ever assumed to presume that I knew what that child needed over their parents so I would chat with them and I said it took me a long time like we're talking carry it out this probably came about over a 15 year period mm. and I made lots of mistakes in that time learnings I like to call them yes yeah got things wrong all the time but very very slowly I found my own way and back then being like I never did any um but traditional, traditional, mouthful, traditional discipline. Um, I didn't do any naughty step. Mm. I, I spoke to them. I didn't even know it was a thing because there was no Instagram yeah. or I or um, books. I was just well, there was books obviously, but I hadn't read them. I was just following my instincts and going with my gut, and I realised it worked. And then from there, other people. I'm very chatty person. If that doesn't come across, I'm very sociable. So whilst other nannies, it's really sad, really. Other nannies didn't particularly want to hang out with me because, like, why I want. But I would baby wear them as well. And again, 20 years ago, that was just it was just a bit odd. I think I might have been a bit of an oddball for going rogue. Um, but it worked for me and it worked for the families that I then went on to work with. They were really happy with that approach. And then I just started talking. I've made lots of friends that I'm still really friendly parents. I made lots of friends with parents that I'm still friendly with today. Um, and I helped them with their little one sleep word spread. So people would come to the park if they knew that I was going to be there. And they were just like, this is gold dust. And I just, I was like, this is just my job. But it just, it's just something that I really enjoy and I was passionate about and then when I again I knew going into my last job that that was going to be the last one the last family my friend said she took me aside and she said look I'd helped her with her three children and she was like if you don't do something with this because parents need to hear it I'm going to take it (laughs) I don't think she would have done I wouldn't test her um but she said I'll help you whatever you need I will help you to do it but you're putting it out there so in the beginning Care It Out was actually called Kerry Cares Parenting I don't know if you remember me then it's a long time ago yeah I've seen your old logo but that was before I I came across you yeah I I shouldn't say that a friend of mine actually did that for me um but you 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 live she won't be listening um you live and learn but yeah so I was Kerry Kerr's parenting and it wasn't just sleep that I worked supportive parents with it was feeding it was um behavior it was going to the toilet I got nicknamed the poop lady oh (laughs) we laugh yeah um I'd I'd help with anything anything that parents need support with I would help them with that and then very quickly I learned that actually the the biggest thing parents needed support with was sleep and I actually found that I really enjoyed that like I love talking I love sleep myself Mm. and I love talking about it and that's where I really found my groove and really niche down so yes I'm happy to if 
when I'm working with parents in practice, I'm happy to answer any other questions. But now I just focus on the sleep and carry it out with a really slow burner. Like I've been on Instagram for five years, but it took me a long time to to get my track. Like I'd already, the business was already up and running when I went on Instagram. So in the beginning, I just thought Instagram was sharing photos. I thought, why do they want to see me working? I don't understand, I don't understand it. Um, and now I love it. Um, but it's it it was a real slow burner. It took time. I think in my first year, oh gosh, I could I one day I would also like to talk about business and mm. setting up a business because so much to share on that. Like I honestly thought it would be enough to go to my local um, park and hand out these really really eighties dodgy flyers, and then I would just get clients. Spoiler alert for anybody setting up a business: it doesn't. <laughs> I cried when I saw them in the bin on my like tent, like trundling around the park. Um, but it did grow and grow it did. And this is where we are today. And so was it was it just word of mouth and kind of good old fashioned like on like, yeah, networking amongst the community and watching it spread and or also yeah. I took out one very, very expensive ad somewhere I'm not going to mention who um but it was awful and it charged me a lot of, they charged me a lot of money and it didn't work but yeah I think parents talk and I think mm-hmm. if you are passionate about what you do I just think that shines through yeah. and it just spiraled from there really yeah and you're a rebel as well like you're offering something that people really want but it's it you know it's different to that mainstream idea of what a sleep consultant does you know which is come in and tell you what you're doing wrong get them onto this specific schedule (laughs) and you know and just put up with a few days of stress and it'll all be all right and then your baby will sleep through for the rest of their life and everyone's going to be okay yeah I wish it were that's I really wish it were that simple but as you know yourself (laughs) it isn't like that I don't think I've ever ever been a rebel but I would I would definitely take that I'm somebody that for somebody that actually has broken all the rules when it comes to sleep I'm actually somebody that has to really follow rules in my private life it's really bizarre if I can also ego but I'm just like yep shove all the rules it doesn't matter um where at home I'm like oh that's not right that's that's the rules <laughs> it's really funny I think I'm similar I often refer to myself as like a recovering p- perfectionist um and or like and I do love structure and rules and and routines and I think maybe that's why for me I was sort of drawn a bit to that side of parenting when I had my son was that I was really interested in all of these very like uh, well put together people who seem to have yeah. it all perfect and under control and I think that can be the dangerous side of Instagram you know that there's a lot of businesses on there that really do sell this perfect family life and these babies who always sleep through and never get overtired or they never tantrum or all of those things and I sort of was mm. quite drawn to that um, mm. but then the problem with that is that it's not real is it and or it's not for everyone <laughs> and it wasn't yeah. for me and um as much as I liked all those rules and that per- perceived control actually my baby didn't really give a hoot about it anyway so yeah. I, I didn't really have any choice but to just kind of yeah. surrender to what what was actually happening yeah. but it took me a while to get there 
And I think that's the most important thing. And I think I'm a real advocate that nothing ever works for everybody. There's never going to be, I say one size sucks, no approach is ever going to work for everybody. And probably when I start, when I started a while ago, like gentle sleep consultants, and I use that word lightly, are, they were very few and far between. And I I still feel we've got a long way to go. The mainstream is Mm -hmm. very much sleep training. Um, But I've seen a big change, like you, Hannah, um, Lucy, like loads of other great sleep consultants offering an alternative. It's amazing. Yeah, I think we're stronger together. Yeah, me too. I just think I think it's a really lovely community. And I'm well I don't know I think the feminist in me wants to just have this big sisterhood and encourage each other but I also think that um parents want it and it's important I think yeah more of us the better you know that um agree and we all do things differently our personalities Mm. though they're similarities but we're all different and people will want to work with you I think that's really important and we need the more people talking about it the more there's going to be a demand there the more we're going to make it into the mainstream I would love to leave a legacy, not just myself, but with others, that we've changed that conversation in our lifetime. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I completely agree because I think that no one can do what you can do and no one can do what I can do. And no one, you know, like we're all different. And, you know, and I, you know, I just loved following, I'm just going to fangirl now, but when I did have my son and I was following lots of people on Instagram or buying all these books or courses that were all telling me how, how wrong I was doing it, when I found your page... I kind of couldn't quite believe that there was someone out there telling me that actually I was doing it right because everything was saying that I would have to change this and this and this. Um, And I sort of didn't really believe you for a really long time, Kerry. (laughs) I don't believe myself sometimes. (laughs) I totally guessed it. Like I see it happen every day in practice. I've just had two sign-off calls today and it still blows my mind. Good. I get it. You know, I'd see you talk. I'd listen to one of your podcasts, which is amazing, and it'd be like, you know, you'd say it's fine to feed your baby to sleep, and I would sort of think, well, she she can't be right. Like she can't be right. Like she's the only one saying. (laughs) I totally get it, and I love that. It's like there is no right or wrong way. Mm. I'm, we, I'm always going to be passionate about that. And it makes me sad and happy in equal measures that you found, my, that A, you had to find someone that was telling you that it was okay to do that. That makes me really sad that you, we we don't have to mm. dig so deep now because more of us doing it for sure. Um, but also makes me so happy that it just reassured you, like if, if there's one thing that I want parents to take from my Instagram or that's what keeps me going, is that it's reassuring parents mm. if I can do that for one parent a day I'm happy yeah yeah because um and actually you might feel more open to making some changes or thinking about things in a different way if you actually believe in yourself in the first place you know so yeah. I think it's really it's really important but if you come to things with a feeling of like, I'm rubbish <laughs> like I've done it's all me then it's not a it's just not a good headspace to be in is it great I hate like, working as a nanny I saw that pressure that parents from and I was a living nanny as well so it, it's a really weird job because you're ha- your help and you're an employer no an employee mm. but at the same time it's a really intimate role where you get to know the family and you get a real insight like I don't think any other job gives you that insight into mm. families it's it's really interesting um and the, I've forgotten what the point of this was. 
<laughs> oh yeah I know I know what it was it was the parenting pressure I saw yeah. parents just so much pressure to get it right and to be all of those things and there's so much shame around sleep and one thing that I was really sure of when I started Care It Out is that I wanted to be a reassuring voice and I wanted to shove that sleep shame and push that pressure it's so important like we all do things differently mm-hmm it doesn't make it wrong and I do think I've got a bit teary then thinking about um how we're changing things and I do think as I said before I think we've got such a long way to go because so many professionals health professionals are still touting even doctors which I'm always surprised Mm -hmm. at touting control crying when we know different Mm -hmm. um but I still feel we've made a big change yeah I really do I really hope so um I, I I don't I really hope so I can only I can only hope but I know that I don't know I'm just here we're both here just just shouting out into the abyss and I think people are, are starting to listen or um and there's lots of us saying it now so I, I really hope it is starting to to change or shift I think it's starting to shift it just takes that one it's a butterfly mm. back to their NCT group or to their their parent pals and say do you know what I found a different way it worked for me for the other people to get curious and then they get curious about it they start um thinking you know making a change it just it's that ripple effect that goes on by supporting one parent to respond and reassure their little one it's helping others along the way yeah and I think it's really important you know I don't think either of us are saying that someone that does controlled crying or anything any other kind of strategy that we wouldn't necessarily use um, is harming their child or doing anything wrong. Or I think that, I think that message that it's it, there's lots of ways to parent does apply to everything. You know, I just think it's really important that there are alternatives to that one narrative because yeah. there's obviously so. I was that parent. So many of my friends are those parents who just felt like we're, we're just sick of of that sort of super nanny style of like uh, and and I guess that was a big thing I suppose in your nannying days of of that that kind of approach to parenting was on tv and in the UK and the US massively wasn't it really make me angry I don't care all the time I'd get very angry when people would say we were just like super nanny I'm like no I couldn't be any different (laughs) (laughs) you're literally the opposite (laughs) (laughs) how can you say that how can you say that? Like, I'm literally the opposite. But yeah, I think it is really important. I have always been firmly in the camp that there is no right or wrong. And if parents do choose um, a cry out approach and it makes sense and it works for them, if it's working, it's winning. Um, I would never want to shame a parent or again, it comes back to that ethos. So I reassure and I don't want to shame parents for doing it. I just simply want to get the message out. There is another way of doing it. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Really bothers me when people say, well, it's you've just got to leave them to cry. It's the only way. It's yeah. not the only way. And no, you don't have to. If it doesn't feel good. It's, chances are it's not the best thing for your family. And, and just going back to that, I, what you were saying about the doctors giving out advice and things like that, it, it, that really frustrates me because, I mean, doctors are obviously amazing and have really hard jobs, but they're not trained in um, infant sleep or, you know, they're not, you know, they, they've got, I, I, it really frustrates me if that's that's the narrative pushed on parents because then it can feel like you're really go, you're really doing something wrong if a doctor has told you to do something and you don't want to. 
Um, you trust like I don't know about like I'm the same really um, pro NHS love my doctor um, there's lots of amazing doctors out there for every profession lots of amazing doctors out there but yes you trust your professional that if they are saying to you that this is the only way or you've mm. got to do this then yeah you do trust them and, and go with it yeah yeah and even if they offered an alternative yeah. like you could do this or do that yes. I'd be happy with that rather than this this is the one way it's got to be done absolutely so actually um where I live in my local borough there is a sleep a free like um council-run sleep support like service um yeah. And uh, I had a few friends use it and they actually, to be fair, they do actually offer a range of options. You know, if you say to them, I don't want to cry it out, they will say, then this is, you could try this or this or, you know, so I think that is just really important. And, you know, for every message I have saying, oh, my doctor or my health visitor thinks I should do this or this, cry it out or whatever, I also get just as many saying I had a really positive experience with my GP today and he said actually it was fine to feed in the night or you know my health visitor actually told me and but this happened to me my own health visitor gave me really great safe bed sharing advice so yeah I definitely don't want to sound like I'm bashing the medical profession and that's I think that's amazing and yeah it's just I just want to see an alternative out there yeah this or that rather than just one way yeah and can I ask you if this isn't too personal but what was your upbringing like and what, what, what were your parents like were they like uh my mum my dad was very authoritarian discipline disciplinarian 100% and I have had to really work hard to move forward from that yeah. um my mum very strong very loving firm but fair yeah yeah and do you know also oh, gone no no you go I'm definitely from a generation I mean my dad's grandparents no he my dad's grand yeah that's right my dad's grandparents were of Victorian age that's how old yeah. I am <laughs> and they were very much like children are seen and not heard yeah. so there was no messing with my like there was no choices no um there was lots of discipline we were smacked as children yeah. um yeah completely different to how I would yeah and I do often wonder because often parenting is um we parent how Mm. we were parented quite often it can be very difficult to um move forward from that and it is really interesting that I went the other way yes that's what I was thinking because I've read some really interesting research lately about um like inherited nurturing patterns and they've seen that you know, in like in studies of, of rats or other mammals, for example, where they've got more nurturing maternal figures in their lives, then those babies go on to be more nurturing. You know, there seems to be an inherited mm-hmm. nurturing gene almost, or, you know, or in, in, um, which I think is really interesting, but not obviously, but obviously it's not always the case. And sometimes you go the exact opposite and break that cycle yourself. Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting. Um, yeah my mum was very loving and very fun and one thing that they both did I mean they were both great parents both great parents yeah it, they wouldn't be how I would parent yeah no yeah I way. don't want to make it seem like your parents were um <laughs> were cruel Victorian taskmasters who were- <laughs> they were at times Hannah. they were definitely at times um but yeah I would never want it's taken me a long like I'm really honest about this it's taken me a long time I wasn't allowed any feelings apart from happiness mm-hmm. with my dad and it took me a long time to actually 
allow myself to be sad disappointed like to have a range of feelings I, I couldn't like any emotion that wasn't happy I found it very difficult to sit with that oh god uh, that is me I mean I'm literally in therapy talking about that every week at the moment <laughs> <laughs> it's so difficult so even just yeah. getting to the point where and I've had therapy too yeah. where I've been allowed to say I am sad yeah I'm allowed to grieve I'm allowed, like it mm. was really big like I was never allowed like I remember it's funny what you remember from your childhood because sometimes I can't even remember my own name but I remember this um balloon popping that I wanted for ages it was a foil balloon and probably quite expensive back in the 80s mm-hmm. and I really wanted it and they got it for me and I let go of it and my dad just just went he was like well it's your own fault you let go of it you can't be disappointed Mm. it's just a balloon and I remember thinking it wasn't just a balloon that was my hopes and dreams for two weeks 26 and I still remember that um so yeah what sitting and I've always been a really in when I've been working with children as a nanny I've always been really aware of letting them have their feelings so even though I'm care it out so it's the complete it's the exact opposite of control crying crying it out it's not about muting Mm -hmm. stopping or preventing every single cry that's not my approach often gets mistaken for that and I'm like no 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 it's okay for your babies to feel anger frustrated um annoyed really peed off like these feelings are all valid and I've always been a real um when I was nannying allowing the children their feelings oh interesting isn't it it's so interesting I think it's so important because um yeah you mentioned earlier like the word gentle and I think that is a complicated word because it's very subjective and sometimes it can imply that you're not yet like you say no tears no bad feelings your baby has to be happy all the time we have this obsession with happy babies in our culture don't we yeah, oh, 100%. And my parents were like that. Yeah. You do this because you've got to make me happy. And yeah. it just made me into a people pleaser that couldn't have any feelings. Yes. I mean, 100% people. Yeah, totally. And then um, and then it also gets very difficult for, to allow other people in your lives to have feelings as well, you know? Yeah. And um, it's really interesting you say that. I'm just turning into therapy session. I know. It's, great, but it's really interesting <laughs> that you say that because I have great empathy for clients that I'm working mm. with. I'm a very... Um, empathetic person I really feel it and that can I can use that to 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 be really positive but it can also be to my detriment and it's really interesting when with friends and family when they start having a a, what I call a trickier feeling um I cannot I shut down Mm. I cannot handle it I'm like well you'll be fine I turn into my dad you'll be fine things could be a lot worse it's so interesting I've got no empathy for my husband whatsoever (laughs) Me too. <laughs> <laughs> that husband hey is a is a thing at the moment. Yeah, like get over it. Deal with yeah. it. <laughs> it's really isn't that weird. Yeah. So I can have empathy. I've learned to have empathy for myself yeah. just about yeah. and for other people. But I I still find it very difficult out of that context of mm. working with someone. Yeah, and I think that is really when you're around children and babies really like they can be just such powerful mirrors for our own emotional landscape and then so I totally and I've had this feelings before of, of wanting to make sure my son never cries and it's actually taken me 
it's been a process to figure out that actually like he's allowed to tantrum he's got to tantrum he has to he actually has to experience those things like he can't go through his childhood never experience tricky feelings because he's then going to be an adult who's going to be a real mess (laughs) I've been a real mess yeah (laughs) I always like to think of it that emotions it it just is a sleep there's no good or bad emotions Mm. we put this worth on our emotions and it it's bonkers emotions are just an emotion they're just feelings and they're not right or wrong they're not shameful it's normal we have to have a range we can't be happy all the time we can't be sad all the time we've got to feel the ebbs and flows and it's hard sitting with those feelings is the hardest thing I've ever done but it makes such a big difference so I I think I would I'd be like crying like I'd want them to feel those those emotions because I never was allowed it so it's interesting I've always been like that with children in my care and I've even got a thing about shushing children Mm. um I was shushed a lot as a child Mm. be quiet you you know you're out in public what will other people think Mm. they're looking at you over there so I'm always believe it or not before I started my business I was actually quite shy and I didn't actually put a headshot on my business but yeah. at least the first two years that I didn't make any videos anything I was so conscious of it and I do feel that stems from that mm. yeah of like being like I'm here I'm taking up that space I'm yeah, yeah. I remember being at a carol concert a couple of years ago and someone shushed me as an adult and I was enraged mm. Hannah I nearly knocked their drink out there. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know them but I was fuming like it really bothers me being told to shush because mm. you're telling somebody that they're by shushing that their emotions aren't valid you're trying to quiet them down so I've and there's nothing wrong with shushing a child do not get me wrong I'm yeah. no Mary Poppins <laughs> I have done this plenty of times as a nanny but I do try to steer away like even when I'm settling them to sleep which I haven't done it for a long time mm. I try not to shush oh it, interesting I've never yeah. thought of that do you know yeah. I'm I love shushing in terms of settling just because when I when my son was really um uh he was quite refluxy and unsettled and I had to work very hard on finding his kind of calm and I found that if I could shush like I used it sort of as a mindfulness technique where I'd count my shushes and like breathe in and out and it really helped me like regulate my breathing so I sort of have like a love of it but I yeah, totally get what you're saying about shush I yeah I've never thought of like yeah you're okay now don't for anybody listening like it shushing is not <laughs> wrong like yeah we shush but I I don't know I have this real it yeah. is very rare that I would do that to baby yeah. like if they're crying in my arms which happens all the time as a nanny in the train out in public like anywhere they're crying I would be really mindful not to shush. Yes. Sometimes I would shush because there's outside, I used to call it outdoor nannying, <laughs> where if you were outside, you would do things that you probably wouldn't do inside, like yeah. carrying a coat mm. because kids never wear coats. So I would carry a coat just so that other nannies and parents could see that I was a good nanny because <laughs> I had the coat. Even though I was carrying them and dropping them or losing them. And it's the same with shushing. Sometimes yeah. I would shush, but I'd be really aware of doing that. And I never actually use shushing. Like if parents come to me and are using shushing and shushing and it works for them fine but I would actually never suggest doing it and I know a lot of approaches are like that it's interesting isn't it yes I think that's a really good point though um I love that yeah Yeah. gosh just because I can't like somebody told me to shush and I was upset had it done to me so much as a child I just 
I just can't do it. And you're so coming back to the word gentle. Mm. I think this is a really good conversation. Like you're so right. It's so subjective. And recently I did a post about being gentle and loads of people got back in contact, like message me as they do, which is fine. I'm totally, I'm open to any messages as long as they're not rude. Like if you're going to rude or troll me, I just block, but I'm open for, um, and, you know, a discussion where we're, we're both talking and seeing both sides. And lots of parents came back to me saying they actually didn't think gentle was subjective. And I thought that was really interesting because like you, I do think gentle is subjective. What one person thinks is gentle doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be gentle for someone else. I say that all the time in practice, just because I've got this theory in life that actually hasn't seen me too far wrong, that I would never ask someone else to do something that I wasn't happy doing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely apart from when it comes to my husband taking the bin down. But that's completely different than another <laughs> subject. But I would never ask the parent to do something that I didn't feel comfortable with. Mm. But just because I'm always very honest, that just because I feel that's gentle, I'm the most caring thing. And do you know what? Sometimes the most caring thing are a few tears. Like, yeah. it's, 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 I'm not a very um, black or white thinker, mm. but just because I feel it's gentle or someone else finds it gentle and it works for them, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the right thing for you. So I think it's really important for parents to get quiet and work out whether they think it's gentle and I'm sure you agree with it because we've had conversations like this in our DMs before together where gentle it's such a buzzword like so many people use the word gentle Mm -hmm. because it's I can't think of the word it's um what's the word buzzword yeah yeah it just it's just it's current yeah that's it it's just and you know it'll change as well I feel like I feel like the word holistic is becoming a bit more like that now or uh, responsive or whatever you know and I've you know I've seen people talk about like responsive controlled crying and it's an oxymoron (laughs) yeah but it's like you know and they're saying because you're you know and if you because you know they would say that if you're going in in timed intervals you are responding and that therefore it's responsive you know subjective isn't it (laughs) so it's like well okay so it's really hard it's really hard I think for parents to if they're going to get help with sleep or even if they're not going to work with someone they just want to read some information you know google or go follow someone on instagram it's really hard to know like if someone is actually (laughs) gentle or you know because um I've done that before I followed people who I thought oh yeah they seem aligned with what I'm saying and then suddenly they'll post something and I'll be like whoa red flag (laughs) that's you know uh so it's it's tough it's it's yeah you know these days because it's there's so much out there so much content everybody's talking everybody's talking about gentle it's it's so hard like there's and I'm not a massive fan of labels either like I would never say like sometimes I'll be honest I use them in hashtags because I want to be visible and people that might be thinking considering that might see it and might change their mind but I'm not a massive fan of um like labeling parents I don't Mm -hmm. think it helps you can pick a mix it's about doing what you feel comfortable with and one thing I would say that drives me, there's a lot that drives me bonkers, but one thing that really drives me bonkers is just, I just wish whatever approach you use, I just wish people were upfront and honest about it yes. because nothing grinds my gears more. And this happens, I probably see it once a week, mm-hmm. if not more, mm-hmm. where parents are working together and they've used a sleep consultant before that said they were gentle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it turns out it wasn't gentle. It yeah. was just some, it was, control crying dressed up to be something else now again I'm not Mary Poppins 
crying does happen on yes, my approach yeah. I can't avoid it yeah. um but just be honest it's not fair to say that you're gentle and responsive and when it's just control crying because mm-hmm. you don't need someone to, to help you do that yeah. does that make sense yeah totally just, it's just bonkers yeah there's people doing that it's just it's not helping anyone because um yeah it's, it's just really frustrating um and I feel like a lot of people with baby sleep market themselves with very like soft colors and nice you know gentle language and blah 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 and I'm not saying they're monsters behind it but yeah like you say if you've spent if you've invested your time and money into something and someone has told you it's x and actually it's y i just yeah. it's it's really frustrating it's happened to so many of my friends yeah it's like, it honestly breaks my heart because it stops parents from reaching out for support yeah um yeah just be i just wish that people that worked with sleep were just honest what their approach was because yeah. they will then find the parents where that it it's they're going it's going to work because you found you were alone, if that makes sense yeah I went to a, a course like a sleep baby sleep course at someone's house someone I followed on Instagram and in their approach they had like they went through all the different kind of sleep training methods and then there was like the last bit was the no cry approach and literally everyone's like ears pricked up and was like brilliant and they were like oh I mean I just call it this but like obviously there's loads of crying but <laughs> and I, they said I just find that people do want some kind of no cry option. Yeah, and I, I think no. I was like, well, what well, does that mean? Like, why are you why are you even calling it a no cry approach? <laughs> and it was. I would call my approach. No, I am very honest, Hannah, yeah. as you probably know. Like, yeah. I would rather not be honest and somebody not work with me because otherwise mm-hmm. it's just not going to work. Yes. Um, so I will, I'm very upfront and carry it out is not a no tier approach. Yeah. I don't believe there is. And actually when I started, I, I used to, um, I say, your business changes as mm. you grow and you, you're just learning constantly all the time in your practice. And I've actually moved away from um, saying that it's a no tier approach. I'll yeah. be honest, I used to, but I've moved away from that because yes, for a lot, they, it, they don't cry but you can't guarantee yeah. that and I felt that that wasn't being honest so I moved away from it so now it's sleep without sleep training yes yeah because obviously All the caring one. if you want to make a change to something and a baby might might not be well that's a, that's just a change you know that's just something different even if it's moving from like feeding to rocking to sleep or something you know um baby might protest against that but you know there's a big difference between them closing the door and staying with them and supporting them through that change if yeah I completely agree it's what you do with that crying like some um little ones on my approach don't cry and we make changes very quickly um and without heart honestly no tears I know that sounds bonkers Mm. where for some we can't stop it and again that brings us back to we don't want to stop them that's the whole point of, well it's the whole point of my approach is that we want them to feel safe and secure that they can communicate we don't want to, to stop them from communicating does that make sense it does yeah and, and you control know, crying I, does that it stops them they'll yes. still wake up but they don't they won't call out yes. but I want babies to feel safe that their emotions are valid and that will meet their needs yeah and I think that's something that a lot of parents and I think something I felt as well was like you know why does my baby cry more for me or why do that you know why do I get all of the difficult behavior with my toddler why and it is because we get to be that safe place where they can have those difficult feelings or where they can 
you know, we all deserve someone we can be our worst selves with, you know, <laughs> or not even worst self, but you know what I mean? Our, our authentic yeah. self, yeah. our genuine yeah. self. Yeah. And let our feelings show, they show them to you because they know that they, those emotions, those big emotions are safe with you. Mm. And I saw that a lot in practice as a nanny, like mm. it's unbelievable. Like we would be fine. We'd be eating our dinner. We'd be hanging out, getting our pajamas. And then as soon as parents came home, it was like a switch. crying wouldn't put their pajamas on and it's not because I felt for the parents so I was they could sometimes they were just downstairs and they could hear that everything was okay and they'd be like what am I doing wrong I'm like you're not doing anything wrong it's not your fault this is just normal they've had to all day with me they've had to hold those emotions in and they've missed you and then all of a sudden it just comes out so it is hard it is really frustrating and I think parenting is personal it's hard not to take it personally what am I doing wrong why don't I have that bond is it something to do with my bond do they love me they must hate me if they're crying but it's it's the opposite yeah it's because they love you so much that's such a good insight to have and it's like my sister was a nanny for years and then she went and became a, a primary school teacher. And so when she had kids, I think, uh, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but I think she thought she was pretty, like, you know, well qualified. And, and like you say, you know, she was used to keeping kids happy and fed and all these things during the day. And then, yeah, it's just totally different relationship when that's. I'm under no illusion that if I had a baby that I would be able to yeah. I joke that I would be calling in someone and I totally <laughs> would I'd have no no shame in like I have actually worked with some other sleep consultants yeah. when they had their babies oh that's good it's, to know it's interesting yeah. isn't it like it's um because I I think it's very hard to you can know these things and it can be your job and you know it inside out but it's so different it's very it comes back to enabling those feelings for ourselves doing Mm. it for ourselves is really really hard and again watch lots of friends who were nannies amazing nannies and amazing parents really struggle um I've got friends a lot of friends that are teachers funnily Mm. enough and they were like it's going to be grand I can you know I can get 30 children to do something at one time but they can't get their own child to put their own shoes on yeah. so figure. and it's normal yes and you know I, I've been thinking about this a lot, a lot lately like, I really there is no such thing as an expert when it comes to parenting or sleep or feeding or learning yeah and what I love about doing these podcast interviews actually is that every I've spoken to like midwives lactation consultants sleep consultants psychologists neuroscientists like psychologists like amazing people and every single one of them has said I don't know what I'm doing with my own child or this this is extra hard for me like even though I've got this training and this expertise this is still hard because it's emotional it's exhausting it's a different kind of thing when so yeah. I think that's very, very reassuring different. to hear yeah. from a nanny and lots of, yeah, definitely from a nanny perspective I've had so many of my nanny friends phone me up in tears like I had loads of friends and then it's phone me up in tears going I can't get them to go to sleep and as a nanny they had it absolutely nailed um and it really bothers me like lots of people will you wait when you're a mum you'll be able to you know you'll you'll they'll be sleeping you've got it you know everything to know that the possibility to, to do a nannying and I'm like no it's I'm not going to put any pressure on myself if I did have a child because you just you just don't know it's so different the um, yes I loved the children and I cried every single time I left a child thinking I'm never gonna love another one again and then you do but it is so so different and you can never be the expert of every single parent it is so different yeah yeah
So as I said in the intro, I just am really grateful for Kerry's time in this episode and love just how honest and open she is when it comes to talking about her own childhood, her own uh, feelings and opinions about sleep training and what it means. Because, you know, if you follow um, Kerry on Instagram, as tens of thousands of people already do, she isn't someone a little like me who's quite mouthy and maybe over opinionated about these things but you know she's very non-judgmental and very um yeah measured in how she talks about these things which is one of the reasons I love following her so much you know um but I I found it so interesting to hear her talk about the difference between cry it out and care it out for example and, and what that means to her and why you know I think it's so fascinating, isn't it, when we get to know the people behind businesses and why these things mean so much um, to that person. So, you know, Kerry's story of how she became uh, a gentle sleep consultant, of how she managed to create this amazing brand and business based on this instinct that she had as a nanny um, and then as a sleep consultant working with families is just really really interesting to me and if you've got any feedback into what we discussed in today's episode because we do cover a lot of stuff listening to that back I realized that we really went pretty rogue on a lot of different subject areas and when we finished recording Carrie and I were saying that we could this felt more like a either a therapy session or just two mates chatting in the pub and <laughs> we could have done that for hours and hours and hours um, but if anything um, has come up for you and you want to share any feedback or talk a little bit more about some of the subjects we cover I would love you to come over to my Instagram page which is at little nest sleep and um, yeah drop me some comments I'd love to hear what you guys think of this episode um, and uh, yeah thanks so much also if you've got 15 seconds to like review subscribe to this podcast I would be so grateful it really makes a big difference to um to how many people then get to see this podcast um and it helps me grow so if you've enjoyed the series so far uh I'd be really grateful thanks very much all right bye